So we're in week six of our study through the book of Proverbs. Somebody asked me, well, pastor, are we going chapter by chapter all the way through? Like 31 weeks? No. <laughs> I get bored after about 10 weeks, okay? So just letting you know. So no, we'll, we'll, we'll go through uh, the month of August, uh, and then we'll, uh, then we'll wrap up. But we're in part six today, and uh, throughout the series in Proverbs, we've, we've talked about several different topics, the fear of the Lord, what is the fear of the Lord. We've talked about the importance of choosing good friends, of pursuing wisdom. We've talked about righteous living. Uh, we've looked at pleasing God with our lives. How do we please God with our lives? Uh, how, how, do we, how do we live a successful life according to the Bible? And today we're talking about another very prevalent theme in the book of Proverbs, and we're talking about making wise choices, how to make good decisions in your life. And this is a topic that uh, actually weaves its way through the entire book of Proverbs, and, and it uses a metaphor, the metaphor of a path. And uh, there's a path that leads to life, and there's a path that leads to death. There's a path of uh, wisdom, and then there's a path of folly. There's a path that is a straight path. There's a path that is a crooked path. And so every day, you and I decide what path we're going to be on. Every day, with the choices that you and I make, it will determine whether we're on a good path or a bad path, uh, whether we're on a, a straight path or a crooked path. So if you have your Bibles this morning, uh, turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter number 4. We'll begin reading in verse number 10. Solomon here says, Listen, my son, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. For they cannot rest until they do evil. They are robbed of sleep till they make someone stumble. They eat of the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we've come today to hear from you. Uh, fathers, we open your word. Uh, Lord, we want your Holy Spirit to... Uh, just open our eyes and our hearts to the truth that you would have us to receive. Uh, Father, that each one of us, myself included, would examine our steps and the path on which we're on today. And uh, Lord, if there's some changes that need to happen, if there's some decisions that need to be made, maybe, Lord, even today there are some that are, that are at a fork in the road and they're, they're trying to decide between path A or path B. And God, I pray that just through our time together and through the power of your Holy Spirit, that, God, you would give direction and wisdom, and, uh, God, that you would show us what you'd have us do. So, Lord, we just dedicate these next few moments unto you and look forward to what you're going to do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So, once again, Solomon opens his, his discussion to his child and to the reader with the word, listen. And over and over again, through the book of Proverbs, you hear Solomon say, listen, listen to me. Jesus used to say this as well. Listen, you who have ears to hear, let him hear. What's he saying? He says, listen to me. 
Have your, have your ears open, have your eyes ready, have your heart prepared to receive what I'm about to give you. Because he goes on and say, not only does he say, listen, but he says, accept my words. Hear them and then, and then take them in, ponder them, consider them, apply them to your lives. Be, being willing to listen is the key to understanding. The fool doesn't like to listen because they think they know it all. When you come to the place where you think, well, I don't really need wisdom, I don't need instruction, I don't need coaching, I don't need anybody to tell me what to do, you're, you're setting yourself up for, for really, you know, some bad things. When you get to the place where in your pride you think you don't need to listen anymore, you've got it figured out, that's, that's when we begin to make some bad choices. <clears throat> Solomon immediately follows this command with a promise. What does he say? He says, and the years of your life will be many. He said, listen, if you'll listen to me, if you'll, if you'll accept what I'm telling you, if you'll apply the word of God and, and the instructions that I give you, you, the years of your life will be extended. You'll live a long life. Now, it's not an absolute guarantee, but it's, it's a principle. It's a generally accepted. That's what a parable is. A parable isn't an absolute promise that this absolutely will happen, but it's a generally speaking, if you'll do this, then this will happen. Verse 11, I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. You know, when... When, God, when we follow God's word, it says here that he'll lead us in a straight path. Well, I like straight paths because I don't want to have to put in any more steps than I need, right? Are you like that as well? Like, give me the shortcut. I want the straight path to where it is I want to go. And that's what he's saying here. If you'll apply my, if you'll apply my word, if you'll, if, you'll, if you'll listen to me, I'll make your path straight. In other words, you're not going to have to do this. You're not going to have to wander uh, in this and this because when we wander, we get ourselves into trouble, don't we? All we like sheep have gone what? Astray. We have this tendency to get off path, to get off track, to not do what we know we should do. And before long, we find ourselves in a wilderness wondering, how did I get here? Verse 12, he says, when you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. He's saying, listen, when you choose the wise path, when you listen and obey, when you take it in, Essentially, saying your life's going to be easier. Your life is easier when you listen. You're not going to you're not going to let the rocks of life trip you up. You're not going to stumble over things that you didn't see coming. Now he gives a warning here in verse fourteen about the path of the wicked. He says, "Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way." Do you see what he did there? Stacking it up, you know, to say, you know, listen to me. Don't go here. Don't put your foot on there. Don't even, don't even think about it. We have this idea that, you know, well, we can jump on the highway to hell without any consequences. I mean, we can get on the, we can get on the evil path for just a little while. I mean, we can, we can go on the path of fun for just a little while, and then I'll jump right back on to the, to the good path, the righteous path, the right path. And he's saying, listen, Solomon, don't, Solomon's telling his son, don't do it. Don't be enticed to take one step down the evil pathway. Because he knows this, you are one decision away from changing your life, for better or for worse. One decision, one decision away from 
your life being great or your life falling apart. Too often we underestimate the importance of the decisions that we make. Usually when we make a big mistake, it's usually the culmination of several smaller decisions. That we don't think those small decisions are going to have that big of a consequence. But when you begin to add them up, they lead you to the place where you do end up making a big decision. I mean, an affair starts with the first look, right? The path of alcoholism starts with the first drink. The path of bankruptcy starts with, you know, swiping the card that first time. You know, Solomon is saying here, listen, once you start down that path, it's difficult to get off of it. It's easier to get into something than it is to get out of something, right? We say, yes, oh yeah, I'll do that, and boy, is it hard to get off that path. Verse 16 says, for they cannot rest until they do evil. They are robbed of sleep till they make someone stumble. They eat the bread of the wickedness and drink the wine of violence. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Doesn't that sound like our society today? Doesn't it sound like what we see on the news just about every day? Violence in the streets, seeing things that I'm absolutely shocked to see every week. Shooting after shooting, murder after murder, protest after protest. The path of the wicked is enticing because it can be exhilarating. Because the reality is, sin is fun, right? If sin wasn't fun, we wouldn't be enticed to do it, right? If sin was immediately unpleasant, we would say, well, I, don't, I don't want that. But, but sin is fun, it is pleasurable. And so we get drawn in. Solomon says, don't do that. Don't get drawn in. Be careful. Moses set a good example for us in Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 24 says, by faith Moses, when he'd grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. In other words, he refused to take the easy path, although it was the evil path. Uh, he chose instead to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy, what? The fleeting pleasures of sin. Fleeting pleasures of sin. That's a good way of, 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 of talking about it, isn't it? I mean, yeah, sin is pleasurable, but it's fleeting. It only lasts for a little time. It, it, it's here and then it's gone. The pleasure is temporary, but the addiction is permanent. The addiction hangs on. Solomon said in verse 18, The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter to the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. So again, here's a contrast between the two paths. He said the path of the righteous, it's, it's like when you get up and, the, and the, the sun is coming up in the morning and, and the sun just gets brighter and brighter throughout the day. That's the path of the righteous. But the path of the wicked, well, it's filled with darkness. In fact, it just gets darker and darker and darker to the point where it says they don't even know what makes them stumble. In fact, everything gets so dark in their lives that they don't even know why they're falling. They don't understand why they're failing. They, they can't even see why their life is falling apart at the hinges. They can't even see it. They don't know it anymore because it's how dark they've gotten. The way of wickedness just leads to darkness. 
and they just can't see what they're doing not only to themselves but to the people around them. You know, I've been a pastor now for 30 years and, uh, you know, I've had the unfortunate uh, privilege of counseling many people when they've gone down these dark paths and when they've gotten to the place where they don't even know how they got to this place. To the place where, you know, everything was going great and at some point they put a foot in the wrong path and before long they were way over here and now they've lost everything and they're wanting to know how do I get back. It's sad. It's sad to see people who are completely overtaken by darkness because of the choices they've made. And we see it happening every day. A drunk driver kills a family because he's driving the wrong way down a road. We've seen it. It's terrible. A shooter kills a bunch of random people in a fit of rage. A drug addict lies in a dark alley alone from an overdose. I mean, at some point, that person had a bright future. That person had a hope. That, that person had a, a path in front of them that looked promising. And then somebody introduced them to a drug, which led to another, which led to another. And before long, they're in an alley, and they're like, how did I get here? And there, is there a way out? Teenage girl runs away from home, gets caught up in trafficking, and can't find their way out. They've gone down this path, and now they don't know how to get out of it. So many of these decisions could have been avoided if, if a better decision was made earlier in life. That's why Solomon is telling his son over and over again, listen to me. Heed my advice. Accept what I'm saying. Don't even put your foot on the path of the wicked. Don't allow yourself to be enticed down that path because the path of the wicked always leads to destruction. Always. That's where it always goes. It doesn't sometimes go there. Every time it goes there. Every time. So don't even walk on that path even a little bit. So as we consider the importance of making good decisions, <clears throat> I want to look at some of the other Proverbs that Solomon gives us. We're going to be in Proverbs 27, 12. He says this, he says, The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. So here we see Solomon talking about two different kinds of people, the prudent and the simple. Two, two different kinds of people, two responses, two outcomes, yet both of them were facing the same circumstances. Both of them had the opportunity. Both of them stood there. Both of them saw danger. The prudent saw danger and made one choice, and the simple saw danger and made another choice. That's what he's saying here. Both of them had the opportunity. There were indicators. There were warning signs. There were cautions. There were labels. Don't do this. Don't go here. Don't drink this. Don't do this. Caution could have been heeded. One person heeded it, one person didn't. The wise person, the prudent person, recognized the dangers, made some choices, and avoided the consequences. The simple person ignored or missed the signs, and therefore the text says they suffer for it. There's so many people right now that are suffering because of the poor choices that they're making. So what is the difference between a prudent person and a, a simple person? Well, a prudent person is a wise person. 
And that's really what we're talking about in the book of Proverbs. It's about wisdom. They evaluate everything based on the context of the future. They're looking further down the road. They're not just looking at what feels good now. They're looking down the road further. That if I go down this path, if I take this step, where is it going to lead me? What are the consequences going to be? They, they, they evaluate the potential outcomes of their decisions. That's what a wise person does, and they, and they plan accordingly. They realize, a wise person realizes that one thing always leads to another. There are no such thing as isolated events or isolated relationships because life is connected. The choice you make today is going to determine the choices available to you tomorrow. Life is connected. The prudent see danger. Why? Because they're looking for it. Their eyes are open to it. They don't have their head buried in the sand. They're looking for it, and then they respond accordingly to what they see. And when it's necessary, they take refuge. That's what a wise person does. They have complete situational awareness. They don't have their fingers in their ears. They're aware of the environment around them. The wise person usually isn't surprised by events. The foolish person, the simple person, Get surprised. I didn't know that was going to happen. I, I never saw that. You mean you couldn't tell? You, could, you couldn't read the clouds and tell a storm was coming? You, you, couldn't, you couldn't read the paper and see the climate and tell the fact that something was, is happening? The simple, unfortunately, just don't seem to be paying attention. And I don't know why. A simple person is typically a naive person. Most young people are naive and it's not because they're not smart. I'm not saying they're not smart. Often they're very smart. A naive person doesn't mean they're not smart. It just means they're not experienced. It means they haven't got enough years under their belt to know what happens when you go down this path. They haven't seen enough people who have gone down that path and made the mistakes and, and, and crashed and burned. So they're kind of naive. A simple person sees danger but doesn't act, doesn't respond, doesn't change or doesn't even recognize it. Maybe they just simply ignore the warnings thinking that they'll be different. How many people have thought, I'll be different. I'll be the exception to the rule. I can walk down this path and nothing bad will happen to me. For them, they ignore the broader context of the situation. And they just think it's all going to work out. It'll all be fine. Well, if something bad happens, I'll just deal with it when it gets here, right? Let's look at another proverb. Proverbs 12, 15. The way of the fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. Simple person ignores advice, ignores those who've walked on this earth longer, those who are more experienced, Maybe some that have even walked the same path that they're considering walking. But the simple person just doesn't listen. They don't, they don't want to listen. The Bible says that there is safety in the multitude of counselors. Over and over again, the Bible tells us, listen, seek advice, pay attention. So many times, the simple only look at the possibilities and never... And, and, and usually the positive possibilities, not the negative possibilities. 
Oh, if I put all my money into this particular thing, I mean, it's, it's surely going to go up. It, this is the future. I'm going to put all my money into this because there, there's no way this could lose, right? Until they lose it all. And they're like, well, I didn't know that was going to happen. None of us like to admit being naive. We were all naive at some point in life. There have all been times that we've gone down the paths we knew we shouldn't go down. Maybe you've been burned. Maybe you've suffered failure. It's like a person who's in a raft going down a river, and they hear a waterfall. They can hear it, but where they're at right now, it's, it's calm waters. In fact, not only is it calm waters, it's beautiful. I mean, it's clear white. You can see right to the bottom. It's beautiful. And the trees on the side, I mean, it's just gorgeous. But, the, but that roar, it's getting louder. But that's okay because, look, it's, this water is beautiful. I mean, I've never had a more beautiful day. My wife is from Buffalo. And uh, we got engaged uh, on the banks of the Niagara River on the American side right before uh, the water goes over the American Falls. And it's so exciting to stand there and just see the power of the water and the massive flow as it goes over. And boats are actually able to navigate on the Niagara River to a point, but there are two very important signs that you need to pay attention to. 3.2 miles from the falls, there's a sign that reads, Danger Zone. And from that sign... Uh, if you need to be aware of the fact that if, if your boat motor were to go out, you are in danger because things are about to get dicey. So, you know, there's, it's, it's, it's danger. Listen, you go beyond this and you're into a zone where you need to make sure your boat's working or you're going to be in a tough spot. And then further down the river, there's another sign that says point of no return. And that's a point where... Uh, if you go past that sign, you're going over the falls because there's no way back. The boat motor isn't strong enough. Uh, there's, there's no way for you to get out of that situation. The current is simply too strong. You know, when those kind of situations happen in life as well, there comes a point where we pass the sign that says point of no return, where the decisions that we make become irrevocable. And we have to live with the consequences of the choices that we make. And it's sad to see somebody destroy their life, destroy their relationships, destroy their families by making, by making these decisions to ignore the warnings, just ignore the danger zone sign. Saying, listen, if you pursue this relationship any further, it is going to it is going to put you to a point of no return. And it's going to destroy so many relationships, so many people. If you go down this path any further, it will lead to destruction. And yet there are people who just continue to row, row, row their boat. And it's sad to watch it happen. We need to understand that none of us in this room are the exception to the rule. It's true for all of us. So we need to consider our paths. We need to look down the path. We need to make wise choices. Really consider the potential outcomes of the decisions that we make. At age 60, is not the time to start 
wondering what am I going to do about retirement. Becoming a parent is not the time to start evaluating the relationship to see if this is one I want to be in. After you've signed the contract is not the time to ask yourself, can we really afford this? We need to think further ahead. Follow the example of the prudent. Look hard and long down the path in front of you. Is this path going to take you to the place that you want to be in the future? Because you always end up where the path takes you. You always do. Where you intended to end up is irrelevant. You will end up where that path always goes, regardless of what you intended. You could be here today and say, you know what, after church, I'm going to go over to the Keys. I'm going to do some snorkeling and marathon. And you could drive down and get on I-75 North, and you can start, you can start driving. And you're going to end up in Detroit before you end up in Marathon because I-75 always goes, I-75 North always goes to Detroit. It never goes to Marathon. It doesn't matter what your intention was because that path leads there. You know, every decision we make is a path in some direction. Educationally, financially, morally, relationally, spiritually, there's a path, and when you're on that path, it always leads to the same place. It doesn't matter who you are, they, these paths always go to the same destination. The same destination it took everybody else is where it's going to take you as well. So you need to look down that path and ask yourself, is this path taking me where I want to go? Is this what I want my life to be? Is this direction? Is this the direction I want to go? Because your decision determines your direction. And your direction, not your intention, not your dreams, not your plans, determines your destination. That's just simply the way it works. If you're on the wrong road, it doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what your intentions are. If you're on the wrong road, you're in trouble. Decision, not intention, determines your destination. Every time. Decision, not intention, determines your destination. Would you say that with me? Decision, not intention, determines your destination. It doesn't matter what you, what you want to do, what you think is going to happen. This path will always lead you to this place. So how do you choose the best paths in life? I want to give you just a few things here. Number one, open your eyes to all the possible outcomes. Again, back to our verse, Proverbs 27, 12. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. Open your eyes. It says the prudent see Look, consider, pray. Don't just wander aimlessly. Make sure that you're thinking it through. Take off your blinders. Be willing to consider the possibility of failure. You're making a big decision. Do your homework. Don't just make it a snap decision. Be careful of that. Conduct research on all of the options before you. Don't follow the crowd. Don't just go along with what everybody else is doing. Make your own decisions. Be your own person. Do your own research. Identify the obstacles. Identify the, the different dangers that are ahead of you. Don't let your emotions get the best of you because emotions can certainly do that. If you ever hear yourself saying one of these things, well, you know, 
I'll be able to make a quick buck. Well, stop, but just stop, you know. When you, when you hear that phrase, you know, I'll be able to make a quick buck, stop, because quick bucks don't come easy, and there's usually some kind of a price attached to them, and there's usually some level of risk. So be careful. But they're offering 0% financing. I mean, how could you possibly go wrong? Well, be careful. She makes me feel like I used to feel. If that isn't a red, sign, red flag, I don't know what is. But mom, he's rich. <laughs> be careful. You don't want to make decisions based on emotions because emotional decisions often get us into trouble. You ever made, it, you ever made an emotional decision and later regretted it? I'm sure we all have. Maybe you found yourself saying this. I have. I don't know what I was thinking. You ever said that before? I don't know what I was thinking. Well, the problem is you weren't thinking. And when I did it, I wasn't thinking. It's, it's, it's the way it is. We, we make these decisions and we didn't stop to think about it, pray about it, consider it, and, and then we find up, we, 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 we crash and burn, and we say, I, I don't know what I was thinking. Well, that happens when we're acting on emotions. Logic walks out often when love walks in. So we've got to be careful. Um, be very, very careful. Let me give you four times when you need to be extra careful when you're making big decisions. Number one, when you're excited. When you're excited about something, you have a tendency to underestimate the risk, right? Sorry, I got a hair coming down in my ball here. When you get excited about something, you make bad decisions, right? You ever, you ever stepped into a casino at some point? You ever notice they don't play relaxing classical music in those places? No, what is it? It's bing, 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 all this loud music and stuff, and you're like, well, what's going on here? I better get my wallet, you know? You, know, you, you get excited when you hear that. That's the way, that's, that's, how they, that's, how they get you to, that's how they get you to spend more money. You get excited. I've instructed uh, our guys to put bells in, in, a, in a handle on the offering box, you know, <clears throat> on the way out. I thought, hey, let's see if this thing works in church, too. When we ex get excited, we make bad decisions. When, when, when you're worried, worry is, is usually some kind of a, a, a fear. And when you're fearful, you know what happens? You get tunnel vision. You know, fear, fear triggers this tunnel vision where we only see certain things. We don't see all the options in front of us. When, when anxiety goes up, all of a sudden, our thinking can begin to get cloudy. If you've ever watched a horror movie, you know this it's true, nobody who is scared makes a good decision, right? Haven't we seen enough horror movies to know that? I mean, they wake up, and they, and they hear a chainsaw in the basement, and they're like, well, there's a chainsaw in the basement. I'll go down to the kitchen, and I'll get a wooden spoon and a candle and go down to the basement and see what's going on down there, right? I mean, is that not the dumbest thing in the world? I mean, nobody in their right mind would do that kind of a thing. You hear a chainsaw in the basement, what do you do? You wake up your spouse and say, would you go check that out? That's what I do. I think I hear one of the kids, honey. Go check them out. When you get excited, when you get worried, another time you, make, you, you don't make the best decisions when you're sad. When you're sad. When you're feeling down, you inadvertently lower your expectations. You're willing to settle for less. You'll sell things for less than what they're worth. Like, whatever. Just take it. I don't care. Right? You don't bother negotiating 
You're, you're just sad and you don't feel like dealing with it, so you just you make some poor decisions. You set the bar very low. You become apathetic. Listen, you make terrible choices when you're apathetic. It's never a good time to make a decision. If you're, if you're depressed, if you're anxious, if you're worried, if you're fearful, that is not the time to be making big decisions. And then a fourth time is when you're angry. When you're angry. Because intense emotions can lead to rash decisions. Anybody here ever done something foolish while you were angry by show of hands? Okay. <laughs> yeah, and the rest of them, you're liars. But anyhow, nevertheless, anybody here ever punched a cow in the head? Anybody? Uh, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I grew up on a farm. I know that feeling. And can I just say I do not recommend punching a cow in the head because it's all bone. You know, it's going to hurt you far more than it will them. So when you're angry, you make poor choices. When you're angry, you ma- it makes you more vulnerable to high risk, low payoff choices. So just be very, very careful. Decisions made in anger often lead to regret. So Solomon said, the prudent see danger. Open your eyes. Look down the road. Be aware of the pitfalls ahead of you. Make good decisions. Be careful about when you make those decisions. Let's look at the second thing here. Seek the advice of people who've been down the path before you. Verse, uh, Proverbs twelve fifteen says, The way of the fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. Others will have more insight into where our paths are taking us than we do. Why is that? Well, because they're not emotionally triggered in the scenario. They're not emotionally connected to this, so they can, they can look at the choices that we have, and they're not affected by the emotions that we are. We want this. You know, so we're looking for people who will validate what we already want. What we really need is to seek advice of people who are not emotionally connected to it, who can look at this with, with clear head and, and, and sound uh, wisdom. We want people who have age and experience to say, hey, you know, this is what I'm considering doing. Would you do this? Do you think this is a good choice? Would you follow this path? The other thing, when we seek advice, the, the, the people around us are, are typically aware of our weaknesses and our blind spots. We all have weaknesses, we all have blind spots, and we need people around us who can speak into our lives and tell us, hey, I don't think that's a good decision for you. And you can't see that weakness, but they can. Teenagers, that's why it seems like parents always overreact, right? Right? You know, oh, my parents, you know, they overreact to everything. Well, they're not overreacting to, it isn't the fact that they are necessarily so concerned about the specific thing you're doing. It's the fact that they're looking down the road and they know that where, if you start down this path, they know where it's, it's going to lead you. That's why they tend to really react. We see here that Solomon says, a wise man listens to advice. And to ignore the godly advice of people around us is to ignore the stop signs, the yield signs, the danger signs that God often puts up in our lives to keep us from making a bad decision, but we just ignore them and we move on without them. The signs there have not been placed there to steal your joy, to take away all of your opportunities, to make your life miserable. They're there to keep you safe to keep you from hurting yourself or from hurting others. The, Solomon, the simple Solomon says are people who 
they refuse to listen to those who've gone on before them. They just don't want to seek advice. Maybe they just don't care what happens. Maybe they just want to have fun. I just want to have fun. Can't you just let me have fun? Can't I just have fun for a little bit? I mean, I'm only a teenager. I'm only a college student once. Can't I just have a little bit of fun? Once you start down that path, it is really hard to get off that path. Really hard. It's easy to get into something. It's hard to get out of something. Seek advice. Listen, listen to those who are older and wiser who have been there before. Open your eyes. Thirdly, ask God to direct you in the way that you should go. Proverbs 3, <clears throat> 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Uh, we did a deep dive into this passage two weeks ago, so I'm not going to do that again here today, but this passage is so filled with important truth. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Put your faith in his wisdom. Understand the fact that God sees where you are. He knows what's going on. He knows the situation, and he wants you to trust him. Trust his direction. Trust his will for your life. Pray and ask God what he would have you to do. Listen to his call in your life and then pursue it with all of your energy. He says, lean not on your own understanding. Don't try and figure it out on your own. You don't have the experience. You don't have the knowledge to handle all that life is going to throw at you on your own. I didn't and often still don't. I still have to seek advice all the time. Listen to others. Wise people seek advice. Wise people realize you never have all the information. You always must keep growing, keep learning. Obey the scriptures. Do what God says. Don't lean on your understanding. He says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Recognize his presence. Realize that when you walk down that path, he's walking it with you. When you take that step, he's there with you. He says, never will I leave you or forsake you. If you're a child of God, when you walk down that path, even though it's a wrong path, he's there. He sees every step that you've taken. He's a silent listener to all your conversations. What he's really saying is, why don't you just ask me? Why don't you in prayer talk to me about this situation? He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows the desires of your heart. And he certainly knows where the path you're on will take you. Finally, it says, all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. There it is again, the path. You know, you don't have to take life's journey alone. God will walk with you every step of the way. Not only does he go with you, he goes before you, often preparing the way for you. It says he makes the path straight. He removes the obstacles, the barriers. He, he removes the things that will trip you up. If you listen, if you'll follow him, if you'll obey him, he'll make your path straight. I can tell you this, God's path for your life is the best path for your life. Far better than the one you may think you want to be on. So many people looking back in their life wish now they would have chosen a different path. They wish they would have listened to God when he called them into ministry. They wish they would have listened to God when he told them that he, they probably shouldn't do that, but they went ahead and did it anyhow. They wish they would have listened to that advice of their parents or their grandparents or someone else who spoke into their life, but they didn't. 
listen to God. He wants to direct your path. He has your best interest in mind. Psalm 119, David said, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for what? My path. This book is a flashlight. This, this book will light the path before you. This book is filled with wisdom. This book is filled with truth. Everything God wants you to know about him, he put in this book. He inspired 40 different authors over a period of 1,500 years to record everything that he wanted you to know about him, about life, about purpose, about mission. So much of this book tells us how to make wise choices if we'll just look at it, read it, and trust it. You know, we all have our feet in a path this morning. We're all walking in a direction, and we're going to end up where the path we're on takes everybody who's on that path. The question today is, are you on the right path? Are you on the right path? Financially, morally, relationally, spiritually? Is your marriage on the right path? Is your career on the right path? Is your health on the right path? Ask yourself, you know what, if I stay on the path I'm on, where is it going to take me? If I stay on the path I'm on right now, where is it going to take me? It's a good question. All of us should ask this question. Are you on the path you need to be on today? Have you wandered from God? Scripture says that we all have a tendency to wander. We're prone to wander. We're prone to find ourselves off the path and in the wilderness. Maybe that describes you today. Maybe you're trying to live your life with one foot in the good path and one foot in the bad path, and you're finding it to be very difficult. Well, it is, because they go in opposite directions, so, so you won't be able to do that very long. And you're ultimately going to choose one way or the other. And maybe you're here today, and you've chosen the wrong path. Can I just tell you? God is willing to bring you right back onto the right path if you'll just say, I want to get back on the right path. He'll just bring you right back to the right path. But you need to repent. You need to change directions. That's what the word repent means. It means to turn around. You want to go to Marathon on your I-75 North? Turn around. It'll take you right to Marathon. Oh, no, it won't. That's not where 75 goes. That was a bad illustration. You know, 41 will get you there. I don't know where 75 will take you if you keep going. there. Miami, I guess. But you'll eventually get there if you work at it. Point is, you need to turn around when you're on the wrong path, Right? Maybe you're here today and truth be known, you're not on the right path. Maybe you're not even sure how you got to church this morning. You're not even sure how you came here. Maybe you're not even sure how you happened to tap into this message and how it showed up on your phone or how in the world it is it's on your computer this morning, but here you are and maybe God is saying to you this morning, you're on the wrong path. How long are you going to go? Are you going to wait until your life is destroyed before you turn around and get back on the right path? Maybe you're on the right path this morning, but boy, you're getting tempted. You're getting tempted to just take a foot on the wrong path. Remember what Solomon told his son, don't even take one step on that path. Avoid it like the plague. If you're here today and you've never put your faith in Christ, you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, 
I can tell you that you're on the wrong path. There's a path that leads to heaven and a path that leads to hell. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Narrow the way that leads to life everlasting. There's two paths. The path, the, the path metaphor goes throughout Scripture. I don't know what path you're on this morning. I hope you're on the path of righteousness. I hope you're on a path that leads you to heaven. I hope there's been a time where you've put your faith in Jesus Christ. You've trusted him as your Savior. That, my friends, is the most important decision you will ever make. The most important decision a person could ever make is what am I going to do about my eternal life? Everything else in this life is temporary. But what we choose as it relates to whether I'm going to trust Jesus Christ and put my faith in him or whether I'm going to put my faith in religion or works or just ignore it altogether, massive decision. What path are you on this morning? What path are you on? Let's pray together. If you're here this morning and maybe you've, you're joining us online or you're driving down the road and you're listening to this message, if you're here this morning and say, you know, preacher, I'd, I'd like to become a Christian. I'd like to be on the path to heaven. I'd like to follow Jesus Christ. I'm not sure exactly how to do that. Well, I can tell you it isn't just saying a prayer, although the Bible does say whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It, it, it often includes a prayer, but it's really a decision about what path you want to be on. Are you going to follow, are you going to follow Jesus Christ? Are you going to put your trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Are you going to trust in what Christ did on the cross? Or are you going to try to do it your way? Are you going to try and do it with performance and with actions and works and religion? Jesus confronted the religious of his day over and over again, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and all of them, saying, listen, the way that you're going is not right. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus said, I'm the only way. There's only one road, and it's my road. If you're here this morning, you say, well, preacher, I'd, I'd like to trust Christ. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if you'd like to accept Christ as your Savior, just pray this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner, and I've done wrong. I've wandered long down the wrong road, living in sin, doing things I shouldn't do, breaking your commandments. I'm sorry for my sin. Today I'm making the choice to turn around, to repent. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for my sins. And I'm putting my faith in him, in his death, burial, and resurrection. The best I know how, I'm asking Jesus Christ to save me. I want to live my life to please him. I want to spend eternity with him in heaven. Help me, Lord, to take this step of faith and to please you with my walk and with my life. Maybe there's some here this morning that you're saved, you've been saved for a long time, but truth be known, you're, you know you're in the wrong path. You know you're going the wrong way, you know you're making decisions you shouldn't make, and you know you're playing with danger. You know you've seen that sign, danger ahead, but you're, you think you're going to be the exception to the rule. Maybe you just need to pray a prayer like this. Dear Lord, help me to make good choices. Open my eyes to the dangers around me. 
Help me be a wise, prudent person that looks ahead. Because God, I don't want to, I don't want to crash and burn. I don't want to destroy my life, my family, my friends. God, I want to make good choices. Help me to help me to walk the right path, God. Help me to make the decision this week to change my direction and to follow you. Father, I thank you for your word that you give us these truths that we may know how to live. Help us all today to follow you and to please you with our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen and amen.